as I found out when I took my friend's lunch money and, <laughs> and uh, realized that they were not happy and that that was not an appropriate thing to do at school. Welcome to the Unsolicited Advice Podcast. My name is Samuel Longfield and I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Kim. On this podcast, we'll discuss social, emotional, and adaptive intelligence and how they play into our social lives. We'll deep dive into social topics that we are all impacted by through examples from our own lives and by drawing on experiences of others. Now, come along for the journey. Welcome back. Talking about expectations, um, it's something that's been on our minds a lot. We tend to talk about topics that come up in our life's journey. We don't necessarily want to pre-plan a full list of topics. We do have ones that we want to touch on very specifically, but most of what we talk about is a part of our journey. And fortunately for Kevin and I, we tend to struggle with the same things. And Kevin's looking at me, he's <laughs> laughing. We do, don't we? I feel like we, are, in in many ways, we have similar struggles. We're similar age. We've got the similar friendship, friendship groups. We've got, um, you know, a few different things that we do during the week and also long-term life that are quite the same. Um, it wouldn't be too far a kick from the goal to say mm. that we have similar struggles that we go through and I think so and they would be different as well yeah um and we're in similar journey similar similar journey. one slightly more handsome slightly more yeah. popular slightly more hair but and it's up to the listeners which one kevin is talking about um hair's objective hair's objective <laughs> the others is completely subjective one has a mustache and one <laughs> has a full beard <laughs> go on and yeah expectations we all have them, we all manage them, we all abide by them, but they're difficult and they're something that we struggle with and there are many touch points of expectational struggle. Yeah. And we want to touch on them tonight and we want to offer unsolicited advice to each other yeah. based on our usual structure, which is to tell stories mm. about how we know that expectations has been either placed on us or we've placed them or we failed to manage them and um and how that has affected our journey Mm. so kev kick us off expectations talk about them what's what's something either in recent history or that you have you know has shaped your life Mm. expectations wise yeah that is of note that you can share yeah, I'll start with my story. Um, the real reason why I'm super passionate about expectation setting and goal setting, which I think come hand in hand, is because of my profession as a physiotherapist. Um, when I studied in uni, um, they never really taught us about expectations. It's a, it's I think it's a huge communication skill um, that you learn throughout life. That if you're book smart, you don't really learn about too much. You have to get out there into the real world and um, chat to people who are real, um, not just test subjects or, um, you know, characters that uni likes to create. But um, when I started my journey as a physio, my boss and my mentors all kept drilling into me that I need to set expectations with my patients as soon as they walked into my room. I would have to lay down my expectations that I was going to ask a couple of questions about what they were feeling 
um, that I'd be expecting them to answer those questions um, honestly. And I'd lay down um, expectations that, you know, I'll be honest with them, that I'll be giving them a diagnosis and then I'll be helping them with their pain or their dysfunction or their injury in the first session. Um, But what I thought was so interesting was that every mentor, every boss I had kept saying to me, ask the question, how long do you think this injury will take to recover from? Yeah. Which is a really interesting question. It was bizarre to me when I heard it. And often people are afraid of asking that question because their expectation might be completely different to what you're thinking. Mm. What if they say, oh, maybe a couple of hours or a couple of days, maybe after the first session I expect to recover. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking eight weeks or 12 weeks. Um, And there's a big mismatch of expectations. But I realize that's the point of it. Because by asking that question, you're trying to figure out if there is a mismatch in expectations Mm. and you're trying to realign their expectations with your expectations because you're the expert there. Now, I think outside of the profession out in the real world, no one's really an expert at anything. But for me, um, it's so crucial because that happens so often. You know, if someone with a rotator cuff injury, for example, in the shoulder, they come and they say, and I ask a question, I, I ask every single time, how long do you think you'll recover from? how long do you reckon it'll take to recover from this? And they say, you know, a week or two. And then I'll have to say, you know, I'm going to be completely honest with you. You won't be back to gym. You won't be back to rugby um, within two weeks. It's actually going to take about 12 weeks at least for you to fully recover from this. Um, And that's just that realigning of expectations and being real as well. Um, So that's what I find so important. And I know a couple of my patients, past and present, they listen to this podcast. So... Um, I'm sure you remember me asking this very confronting question the first time meeting. Um, and now you know why I do it to realign expectations. Yeah. How have you found that people respond? It's a interesting question because they're coming to you because you're the expert. They've acknowledged that they have a problem that needs mm. to be rectified. Mm. They're going to a physio. Um, you have the authority in terms of information. And information is power, but you've given that power to them for a moment yeah. to say exactly what they think, mm. even though they've gone to you hoping that the information you will give them mm. will shed light on what they're experiencing. Yeah. So in light of that, how do you find people respond initially? The yeah. initial uh, non-verbal, uncontrollable response yeah. versus yeah. what they end up saying. Because I suppose the emotional response always comes before the logical response. Yeah. That's evident in the yeah. um, facial expressions. I think often if the expectations are misaligned and there's a mismatch in them, people are taken back. But they appreciate it straight after because they know um, that if I hadn't laid out those expectations, that mm. they would be in the dark about it. That they would be completely blind to the fact that it's actually going to take them six yeah. times longer than what they expected to begin with. Yeah. Um, so I think people are always appreciative of it. And you know what's even more confronting question is um, every time I have a subsequent session appointment with the patient, the first question that I often ask is, do you feel better? Um, do you feel like you're recovering at the rate that you're expecting? Mm. Um, and... It's an open-ended question, um, and often I feel like patients, yeah, do want to be nice to their physios and make them feel good, so they'll be like, oh, yeah, I feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but that's a great question because, again, you get to um, match those expectations. If they say, 
oh, I don't feel like I'm expecting at the rate I expected, um, recovering at the rate that I expected because I thought I'd be better by two weeks since already week three. Then yeah. I can say, you know, it's actually going to be 12 weeks until you fully recover. So yeah. that continual, I think, matching of expectations is it's so Reaffirming crucial. of what yeah. they agreed to at the beginning. Yeah, because it builds trust as well. Yeah. By coming back to you after those expectations have already been set, mm. they're... They're not under any obligation contractually to return. Mm. Um, they're reaffirming that the expectations you set in that initial conversation are true, but maybe they're wrestling with uh, various things. Where I know when I go to the doctor, mm. I will normally downplay what's happening with me, yeah. not so I can get out of there, but because I tend to downplay things that are wrong. Right. Um, but uh, would you say? I guess my what I actually wanted to ask was going back to the first question Mm. about setting expectations with them you could easily just sit them down and say this is how long it's going to take and not bring them into the conversation yeah yeah do you how do you find do you find that it makes the injury a collaborative process in healing for them which is more conducive to their recovery because you've invited them to be a part of it as someone who can also help set the expectations yeah. rather than just telling them. You've asked them and then you've realigned their knowledge to be right. Yeah. Well, you could have just told them. Yeah. But now you've brought them along for that journey mm. and you're invested in their life, but they're also invested in what you have to do to improve their life. Yeah. Um, do you find that collaboration in that way is a clear um, aid to expectation setting yeah i think therapeutic alliance is always based on collaboration what's therapeutic alliance kev (laughs) that's a great question (laughs) um it's the trust and the rapport between a therapist or a medical practitioner and a patient or client whatever you want to call them um it's always made stronger through collaboration not through the traditional model of medicine where you know, a doctor tells a patient what to do. They're, yeah. they're in authority and they're telling them everything rather than having a conversation with them. Yeah. Um, always leads to better outcomes. And, you know, if you're in the patient's shoes, um, you feel like you'll listen to mm. because they're, they're asking you the question, how long do you think it'll take? They're actually invested and they care about what you think and mm. um, what's going on in your head. They're trying to find out more about you. So always leads to more trust, better rapport and um, better trust. Yeah, it's good. It it's um it's definitely a process that can be drawn out of what you're doing professionally mm. and with people that you'll see for a certain finite period of time. Yeah. But then applied to the things that you do weekly. Mm. Um do you find that I don't know for me I find this where the I have an expectation of myself mm. that what I learn in something that I know is finite, i.e in your case, time with a patient, I expect to apply that to a, to an infinite, you can't get infinite, but an infinite um, number of means, whether it yep. be what I'm doing Monday night at volleyball when we play together yeah. or, you know, doing this tonight. Yeah. Um, what I've learnt, I expect, will be applied to something else. And then sometimes I don't meet that expectation, but that's a personal one I've set for myself. And I guess it's twofold discussion should we be expecting that what we learn professionally in our careers will apply at least in character and uh 
personal growth through professional means yep. that they should apply to real life or not real life outside work life hmm. and the second half escapes me <laughs> i can talk while you think yeah about you it. talk you talk that'll make it less awkward for you hey it's always awkward <laughs> <laughs> i think it always should and um you know it's well and good for me to chat about what i do in my professional life but if it doesn't apply to outside work then it's kind of meaningless almost um yes i think it it really applies to relationships in i guess to go into another personal story that's perhaps more applicable for all the listeners um i used to have an expectation of my friendships that are very different to what i hold to now Mm. um I suppose a lot of my expectations came down from my parents as a as a young kid. Um, I didn't have siblings. I still don't have siblings, but I didn't have, especially didn't have siblings growing up. Um, so all my um, social skills were pretty much learned from interacting with my parents, and yeah. and my parents tend to keep to themselves, and you know their cultural backgrounds Korean, so maybe it's a cultural thing as well. But they have a very small group of friends, and they keep to themselves. They're more introverted. Um, but they value their close friends very, very much. Um, and it's easy to do that. And, you know, I think research says, says that, um, any person at any point in their life can only have a close group of circle that consists of six friends or something like that. So, um, they're really close and my parents really value, you know, loyalty and being able to count on their friends at any point of time. Um, but they've only got five friends or six friends or whatever. Um, so growing up, I had that expectation for all my friends. So, you know, I had this friend from class and I would expect him to be able to reply to my text message straight away and send me yeah. answers to the homework, whether it be science or maths or whatever. Um, Doesn't sound like you, Kev. <laughs> um, answers to English, <laughs> answers to <laughs> history, whatever you, whatever you want it to be. Um, or give me their lunch, give me their lunch money so I can, I can, <laughs> did you actually steal kids lunch money? <laughs> I didn't, but I would have, um, expectations that are very unrealistic like that. And for me, it was a learning curve because I'd come in with these expectations and realize none of my friends had those expectations about me. Yeah. Um, and I knew they would not be able to meet those. Was that bad? Did, should they have? No, not at all. And the ones, but the ones you mentioned are quite honorable, loyalty, trust, um, well, honourable, did you say? Yeah, the, those are honourable traits. Absolutely. Not um, stealing, you know, another kid's lunch money. That's <laughs> not honourable at all. Yeah, but if it's only a couple of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Enough for Oriental, but yeah. maybe a Lavington or two. But if, if they, if what you're expecting of them are honourable things yeah, and things that would match what you'd assume is good character, yeah. great morality... Yeah. A natural parts of friendship. Yep. Is it a fair expectation? It's absolutely a fair expectation, but I think um, it's very subjective, you know, to say that someone is loyal or that someone is honest. It's very subjective, but yeah. I think my expectations were more than just that my friends would be honourable or um, loyal or honest. It would be that, you know, like what I said as an, as an example, be able to return to my text immediately. Yeah. Answer, Which don't fit into answer those every single call. Yeah, like. exactly. They have their own lives. But yeah. I think being an only child, it was difficult for me to understand that. So, yeah, for me, I, I grew up in, I, I realized that my expectations weren't actually met. 
and I realized that wasn't the issue of my friends or yeah. other people. It was my issue that I needed to deal with. So I didn't, I needed to lower my expectations, yeah. um, which is why I have the friends that I do have today. I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. You have to clear that up because what does that mean? The friends you currently have are not those They're things? They're great. <laughs> um, my friends are really honorable friends. That's good. Because they're listening them. right now. Yeah, close friends. And are. one of them's across the table from me. <laughs> Business partner. <laughs> Hello. Colleague, peer. Yeah. Researcher. Peer-reviewed comments. Um, yeah. It's difficult because there are there is a natural expectation when that we subconsciously set on other people yeah. that we have a time frame for something or we have a standard of something and it needs to be met to our time frame and our standard. But unfortunately, maybe the other person in the in the scenario doesn't see it that way, mm. and that's a difficult part. Because we're going to be met with that all the time. With every every person. There is no way that anyone in this world has the same expectations that I do. Mm. The way that I look at it is in terms of what I can expect of other people, but also what I can expect of myself. And it can be broadly applied and specifically as well, but it takes practice and I'm still learning. Is for me... Personally, I I want to live by, and we've talked about this many times um, just with each other, what I call is the walking preface principle, which is to be someone who other people know exactly what they're like, yeah. what they're about, what they love, what their passions are, and what they care about. Yeah. And that's people you know well. Yeah. It's going to be difficult with people you don't know very well. Um, and that's why first impressions do count. Yeah. Uh, I think that living in such a way where people know that when I say something to you or when I do something, they will interpret it and sift it down through what they already know about me. Yeah. And maybe sometimes I'll do it in a way that's not favorable. Yeah. And maybe I'll do, I'll say something in the wrong tone. But not only do they know, maybe a Sam didn't mean it that way. Mm. But also they know that Sam will come back later and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And where they've got that twofold comfort where maybe the first one they didn't think, oh, maybe he's having a bad day or something. Mm. But they do think the second one, which is Sam always comes and says, sorry. Mm. Um, hopefully I have a friend one day where I don't have to say that <laughs> because I never do the wrong thing towards them. Um, hopefully your spouse will think the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be that'd be top notch. That'd be lovely. Love to see all our unrealistic expectations of our future marriages. Yeah. Gee Willikers, that's gonna be um, that's gonna be an interesting scenario for yeah. them. <laughs> uh, I'd feel sorry for I her. So. I do as well. Um, I feel sorry no, for my. No, don't say that. No, yours. <laughs> sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I'm changing it because you said don't say that. Oh, okay. You can feel sorry for mine. I'll feel sorry for yours, and then we'll comfort them with words of "It's gonna be okay, Kev." To each we'll other's wives. There. Yeah, we'll get there. Okay, that's Sam's. weird. That's not weird. <laughs> Go on. I expect you'll probably talk to my wife every now and then to say hello. That's true. Um, and or maybe they'll be involved in the party. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, walking preface. Walk into a room. People know Sam is this way. Mm. 
So therefore, I interpret people what have that this expectation way. of exactly. you, what you're going to be like, exactly. your demeanor. Exactly. And so the flip side is, and I was talking about this with a friend, um, yeah. Alex, who we know, and we were talking about expectations, and I yeah. said to him. My expectations of other people, I only just put it into words on Tuesday. Mm. I hadn't, I'd thought about it, but I hadn't put it into words yet. Yeah. And it went along the lines of, I can only expect as much of other people as what I know their standard is in their life. In the sense that, Kev, if you say to me with volleyball as a very menial example, mm. I'm not setting it the way that I want to. I'm just not doing okay and I, and I want to do something about it. Instantly, I now have an expectation on you, but subconscious, and then maybe I'll ask you hmm. where you've told me what you don't like and what you want to change and that you will change it. Right. So I would happily hold you to that because you, I can only expect of you what you have said you want to change. Yes. In terms of growth. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and also by your conduct, I can only expect of you what I know that you care about. Mm-hmm. So your walking preface, I'm interpreting, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so that's the way that I view it. But it's it's I'm learning and it's, it's hard because as we said, you're never going to have the same expectations as someone else ever. Yeah. But that's why, like you were saying with your patients, communication is the absolute key. Yeah. Whether or not they are actually the expert or not doesn't matter. Yeah. They've been invited into the conversation. Yeah. And so many times, actually recently, I there's there's been situations where you know that two parties involved in something need to say something to the other mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And there's an expectation that either one can do it. Yeah. No one particularly is expected to be the one to start that conversation. Right, yeah. But because that's the case, no one's doing it. Yeah. Right? And so I sit there thinking, when's this person going to contact me? And they're sitting there thinking, when's Sam going to contact me? Yeah. And then nothing ends up getting done. Yeah. Because I haven't swallowed my pride and said, okay, I'll be the one to do it. Yeah. And I'll invite them into the conversation. Yeah into that part of my journey yeah, and then we'll move forward it'll be so much better for it and that relationship will stay strong yeah um, that's happened a lot recently in terms of job offers yeah okay. that yeah. I know people have offered but more like a three quarter offer yeah where the last quarter still needs to happen yeah and maybe it's on me to help that to happen yeah but also it's their responsibility yeah but I'll show my keenness yeah. by actually doing something. So there's expectations floating around the Absolutely. whole scenario. Yeah. It's an asteroid belt of expectations <laughs> yeah. and Han Solo is weaving through the Millennium Falcon yeah. and Chewbacca is just yelling. If you could do a Chewbacca noise actually right now, that would help the story. Whenever you're yes. ready, I'll just keep talking yeah. and it'll just come out. Uh-huh. And they're just, you're ducking and weaving in between them, but it's sometimes you have to absorb someone else's expectation that you might find harmful. Yeah simply because it helps you get through the belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, yes, it doesn't match mine. It doesn't match my flight path. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to get to where I need to go having absorbed that blow. Yeah. Because you've got shields. That's true, yeah. You've got built yeah. up resilience yeah, that's to true. be able to move forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I love this topic of expectations. That wasn't my Chewbacca noise, by the way. Um, because, <laughs> because it's all around us. Every single day we have expectations of people, scenarios, events, our bosses, our subordinates, if you have any. Um, thousands of them. Never had one. <laughs> thousands of them. Subconsciously, we are expecting them. Um, we're expecting someone to do something. When I walked into this room, I expected you to offer me a glass of water. It was already there. So that was an expectation met. So I was happy. Um, so we have these expectations everywhere. We deal with it every single day. It's ubiquitous. So that's what I love about this topic because it's so applicable. Um, and um, I wanted to ask you, tell us what's going on with your job offers. I know you, um, for all the listeners out there, uh, they would love to hear about what's going on in your life. And I know a lot of close friends of yours, they've texted you recently asking you about your job offers. You haven't replied to them, as you often don't. Let them know what's happening. Maybe <laughs> they'll hear it through the podcast. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a lot to read into there. But uh, <laughs> the, the job offers are coming in. Um, at the end of October when I left my job I had an expectation that I could walk into anywhere of a similar field that I walked out of and apply for a job and I'd get it because I had the experience I had the network and I had great referees and I come off the back of a number of promotions and successes and then three would have been three weeks ago mm-hmm. I found on my resume that my phone number was written down wrong oh, no. by one digit and it's a very humbling experience uh, to think you can do whatever yeah and get something on merit unrealistic expectation unrealistic right? yeah uh, but a hugely humbling process yeah and my expectation initially was that the only thing that really matters on a resume mm. is the body of the content. Yeah. But that was fine. What actually mattered was my contact details, mm. which are givens. We have a certain list of givens mm. that we think are given expectations. Like you said, with friends initially, um, you had a set of givens, mm. but you had to adjust those, not lower them. I think just adjust or change. Because um, I don't think we should lower expectations. I think manage is the way to phrase it. Because, um, yeah, how do you lower loyalty? Uh, how do you lower trust and things yeah. like that? You know, yeah. just basic conceptual um, ideas. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, yeah, you can lower the expectation of reply time, for yeah. example, yeah. as you were saying. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I... I would assume that contact details is a given and everything else is what I've put the work in to get onto it. But the given didn't work out. And so, yes, I did use it as a good icebreaker in my phone screening and also my interviews because I talked about attention to detail uh, in relation to the phone number. People laughed. They found it funny. It broke the ice. But then... You know, I feel like interviews go really well. I know I'm great at interviews. I just need to get my foot in the door. And in the past two weeks, I would have had four or five interviews 
and opportunities, but so far none of them have have panned out. Mm. And I've got another one tomorrow, and it is in a field I haven't been in before. It's mm. in recruitment, talent acquisition. I don't have any experience or qualification in that area, mm-hmm. but I'm expecting to get a job. Yeah. But I was expecting to go super entry level, and that is gradually being changed by the fact that I can't expect other people to know what I'm capable of without communication. Yeah, absolutely. And there's only so much you can communicate on a resume Mm. that doesn't make it 30 pages long. Yeah. And so my unreasonable expectation is that I think other people would... um, be able to see who I am based yeah. on a piece of paper yeah. and so launching off of that I decided new technique stop expecting that mm. apply for something call the place I applied for Correct. and yeah. talk to the hiring manager yeah. because that way I don't need that expectation yeah. I've actually removed it entirely yeah. um, and now the expectation is on them mm. where they are now expecting quality because I've rung up Yeah. some people when you ring find it kind of weird i don't know why yeah i feel like that too, yeah. as a as a fellow recruiter yeah you should be pleased that your yeah. people want to work for your company that they're taking so much initiative to exactly. call you first exactly um but maybe not the case all the time so yeah. thanks for asking yeah the job offers are coming in but they're not really going anywhere yeah and that's disappointing Mm. and expectations do lead to disappointment yeah it's true um, because I would expect based on my interviews mm. which I know I'm good at I'd get an offer yeah um, but there's also hasn't been any no's so that's the other difficult part yeah is um, not knowing and maybe it's on me to then yeah, contact that's a great touch point because I think so often there's so many mismatches in expectations and disappointments that lead out of that because we don't know how to communicate effectively yeah. If we all, of course, we can't do that for every single expectation that we think about, especially in a subconscious level, we can't articulate it. But if there are important expectations that we have in certain relationships, I think it's so important to communicate that, lay it out. This is, you know, what I expect. You don't have to use those words. I expect this from you. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not a very nice way of saying it, yeah. but you can you can paraphrase that and then ask the other person what they expect in this particular situation whatever that scenario may be maybe yeah. um and i think that communicating that expectation and knowing where the other person stands is so crucial so that it doesn't lead to disappointment and further mismatching of feelings emotions and expectations yeah i think it might be good to view expectations as opportunities instead yeah where expectation I set on you, I set on myself, that I manage, that I abide by, are not enforced. They're essentially an enforced opinion. Someone's opinion of what they think is required of a situation is being enforced by the act of expecting it. Uh, But instead, collaborate with those people to create opportunities. Yeah. And opportunity not only changes the dynamic instantly, it also creates a chance for a deepened bond. Yeah. Um, whether it be between patient and yeah. physiotherapist. Yeah. 
or between friend and friend, spouse yeah. and spouse. Yeah. No matter what the relationship is, expectations being viewed as opportunities afforded to someone yeah. is cool because human interaction and the ability to set expectations mm. is an opportunity in and of itself that we even have the ability to desire something to meet a certain need. Yeah. I think that is something that we need to review and not just uh, think is something that we deserve just based on existing. Mm. We are making them up, like I said, enforced opinions. Yeah. And they're only enforced because I'm thinking it should happen because it's what I think. Yeah. You know? Um, but maybe we need to humble ourselves and think, hey, it's actually pretty cool that we get to even have expectations. Yeah. Um, just as a construct. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. And I think when when our expectations are not met, it's an opportunity to reflect and think, were those realistic to begin with? Mm. And in situations where we get to ask those questions about other people's expectations, it's a, mm. it's. I think we need to view it as an opportunity to level out those expectations mm. and to um, match ours to the other person's and vice versa mm. as well. It's an awesome opportunity to... Mm mold um opinions and change uh, rather than change the thing molding other people's opinions as well i think it's important to see it not as a confronting question that we have to ask people Mm. um, but as an opportunity to find out more about what other people are thinking yeah and to match match those yeah i think we also romanticize expectations in a way that i know for me personally i romanticize what i expect to feel about some things in the sense where yesterday I went for a drive. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to go for a drive to Mount Tambourine (laughs) because uh, someone was going to be checking out one of my cars I have for sale and is near to there. So I thought I'll go for a nice scenic drive just before I get there. And they end up canceling. But the reason why I even thought to go there is because I had this personal expectation that somehow going for a drive... And parking somewhere scenic mm. and looking at it will solve my problems. You know, do you ever do that where you do something like listen to a certain song yeah. or, or read a book and expect to appear this kind of way to people in the cafe? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Or you, you're, you're solo at a cafe on your laptop, yeah. got your headphones in, you're looking yeah. kind of smart, you got a nice watch on. <laughs> you're expecting other people to see you a certain way. Yeah. But they don't know you. And you end up feeling really disappointed. Exactly. Yeah. You think, oh, no one's looking. Yeah. Or no one asked me what I'm working on. Who? Why would anyone do that? You know? <laughs> or when I finished my project car, well, not finished, got it on the road, two years of work. And I expected to feel so drastically elated on my first drive. Mm. And I didn't. And I don't know why. It might be because I set my expectations too high. Yeah. And I romanticized what I expect to feel mm. about certain experiences. Yeah. And that's a problem too. Mm. I was just reading in my journal that I wrote in 2015, um, just before you came tonight. And reading of all the problems that I'm going through at that point, mm. and I'm like, six years from now, still struggling with the same <laughs> stuff. But you expect to deal with them, you know, you expect to have resolved them. But 
it's an unreasonable expectation to feel like something is going to resolve just because you expect it to. Yeah. By age, by getting a job, by whatever it is, surrounding yourself with the right people. External things are never going to satisfy the expectations I have. And I should stop romanticizing what expectations can achieve, but actually set realistic ones that I can achieve day to day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you rant romantic? I know we're, we're getting really close on time. Very close. A close shave. Do you romant- Do you find yourself romanticizing expectations of feeling and yeah. what you think will change in your life? I think I do. I think when I turned 23 um, this year in February, I expected to feel different. Yeah. I expected my birthday to be an amazing day, even though it was a work day, it was on a weekday. Um, and yeah, I definitely fantasized about it, not in a weird way, but just like romanticized it and thought, you know what, that day's going to be amazing. Yeah. And because it was on a weekday, I celebrated on a weekend on that Saturday. Um, and we, and I did stuff with my friends, went to the beach. Um, and I just had certain ideas and dreams about what that day was going to look like. Yeah. And I definitely romanticized that. And and I remember coming back home and although it was a great day and I had so much fun with my friends, I ended up being disappointed yeah. because they weren't met, because they weren't realistic to begin with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do that quite often, I think. Yeah. Um, I think this is a good time to sum up some of the key points that we talked about tonight. Um, I think the first of them is just to realize that we all have expectations and we all lay them out at a subconscious or conscious level. There's thousands of them, if not tens of thousands, hundreds hundreds of thousands just flowing through our minds every single day. We live and thrive on them. Exactly right. More than what we think. Yeah. Yeah. If we didn't have expectations, we wouldn't be able to predict anything that was going to happen, which would be tragic. So it's good to have these expectations, but it's also important to remember that everyone has them and there's a mismatch in expectations Mm. all the time. Um, As I found out when I took my friend's lunch money and, <laughs> and uh, realized that they were not happy and that that was not an appropriate thing to do at school. <laughs> yes. And, and a, uh, a teacher shouldn't be a friend either. And why are you stealing the teacher's lunch money to It's a bit odd. <laughs> and that's how I ended up in detention. <laughs> now I was a good boy. You were a good boy? I was a good boy. I would expect so. Yes. I was you still are. I was one of the captains in year 12. I wasn't before that. I wasn't a good boy, but I became a good boy at the end of school. Just lightly pepper the conversation with what you achieved in high school. (laughs) Slight flexes. Just a little garnish. (laughs) Now, yeah, summing up is important. And uh, I think that it's a great discussion. Like all of our discussions, they're not finished. Um, And we'll always touch on these kind of topics and refer to them and then project forward and hopefully in the future we have an update on how we're doing with it yeah and that's part of it too i think we've talked about the accountability process of this yeah. twofold one who wants to listen to a podcast where it's about growth and the podcasters don't grow <laughs> and two if i don't live my life i don't have anything to talk about yeah and we're going to keep doing that uh-huh. expectations are hard yeah and we're going to struggle with it but we will address them 
and we'll keep you updated. Mm. Um, to all our listeners, we'll keep you updated on how it's going. And if you want to stay updated on a more frequent basis than our episodes, feel free to email us uh, if you want to use that channel. It's in our notes section of the podcast, but also find us on Instagram, mm. the Unsolicited Advice Podcast. It is our logo. You'll see as you search for us. Jump on Instagram, follow our journey. Have a look at what we're doing. We'll post stories and regular posts. We're still working out how to do it all and what colors work the best. Hashtags are also very difficult. So if you have any tips on hashtags, we would expect you to email us with the answers. Judging by your tone, I think you're keen to wrap up there, but I'm just going to add one more thing. Um, (laughs) Just on the topic of keeping our listeners up to date with our progress and our journey, um, we did our... um, episode three event which was the vulnerability event um where we did fake eulogies for people um where each person would invite someone that they would like to give a deep meaningful tribute to and we did that event it was an incredible night i think we'll be doing another episode sometime in the future to talk more about it um but i'm just going to say quickly it was a great night i learned a lot about um, my insecurities and how I can be more vulnerable with friends. I did one for another mate of mine um, who could not be there, um, but we ended up recording it. I sent it to the mate and we ended up catching up over a brunch and we chatted about some of the things that were going on in our lives and we could be extra vulnerable and um, open to not just our struggles, but also our highs um, over that brunch. And, and at the end of that um, meal, we said to each other, you know, I'd love to be more open with you every day, not just, you know, over brunch every year, once a year like this, but um, I'd love to just be be more in touch and, and talk about things that actually mean something to us on a regular basis. Um, and that's an opportunity. Yeah. And it, you framed that as an opportunity rather than expectation, yeah. which is great. Mm. And now you both have something to fulfill yeah. in a positive um, satisfying, life-giving way. Mm. And that's awesome. Mm. That's great. And yeah, the event was really good. Great turnout. Great um, sense of vulnerability and forward movement in friendships. Mm. I gave one for my mum. I wasn't expecting to give one, um, but I did. And that was great for me and my mum. Uh, I've needed to say a lot of those things for a long time. And that was just the setting to do it. And... Yeah, I had a good night. And we'll definitely... We have uh, done some interviews with people who did come to the event. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have little snippets of those in the future. Um, Keep an ear out for those. But yeah, in the meantime, catch us on Instagram or email us. And uh, we'll see you soon. See you then.